0: Welcome to Two Arabs and a Podcast, a show with no limits. Dating, business, martial arts, self-defense, and the life of two Arabs in America. Arabs in America. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your hosts. The owner of Warrior Academy, the son of an immigrant, international traveler, black rank in Krav Maga, a jiu-jitsu practitioner, and Brazil's national champion. And of course, 2018 Self-Defense Instructor of the Year, a bodyguard and military combative instructors, none other than Fraz Azah. Fra joined by his co-host, Omar Oswan, the owner of Warrior Tactical Training, published author, doctor of criminology, world traveler, fluent in four languages, a military combat contractor, and a first-generation immigrant. The show begins now. Begins now.
1: Welcome to episode eight of Two Hours in a Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Aswet, and I'm joined by my co-host, Firas Azab. And we're coming to you live from Kansas City, and we're continuing our interview with the great Ben Jones, who uh, we had the pleasure to have last week on the show, and today we're continuing to have him on the show.
2: Firas, how's it going today, man? Great, man, I'm very excited, and uh, we'll get the second episode going with the Badger, and uh, we're kicking it off. Ben, how's, how's it going today? How was the barbecue last week?
3: Delicious.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it.
3: I want it again. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: we can definitely do it again.
2: <laughs> so I got a question for you to I, I don't answer this, but I want you to answer especially for our crowd because you know I'm part of the CSW family. So what is CSW and what makes CSW such a strong organization compared to the others? In my opinion, I think it is where it's really strong and tight and organized, but I'll leave it to you. So, so what is CSW?
3: What is the whole concept of CSW? not just the name. To not bore you with a shit ton of details, yeah. CSW, I believe, is the is the most uh shit, how do I, sure I don't put this? It's the most well-rounded fighting skill set or fighting uh, system that there is. When I first started, CSW was everything. It was striking, kicking, throwing, wrestling, submission, and everything. Yeah. Since then, we've broken it up into separate systems. So CSW now is our uh, submission wrestling and t- uh, so takedown, submission and, and, and all the ground. And the ground factors in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, catch wrestling, Wrestling, judo, um, folk style wrestling. It factors all that in. Our striking system has been now called STX, which is a combination system of French savat, American kickboxing, Muay Thai, traditional boxing. Which
2: is today what you taught
3: about Eric. Which is today what I taught, yeah. yeah. So it's all the different type of striking systems, there's obviously uh, elements of JKD in there, which is the foundation from where Jer- Eric comes from, mm-hmm. Taekwondo, which he had a, a huge uh, uh, foundation in when he originally started doing it. And then we also obviously have our uh, our, our uh, Eric Paulson's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is, you know, comes under, uh, he studied under Hicks and Gracie, he studied under the Machados, obviously the Machados is like our, yep. our system that we run a lot over. And then to end it all off, we have Eric Paulson's MMA program, which is basically a mixture of everything. Okay. Right. So, That's in a nutshell, that's what it is. And why it's effective? Because Eric studied so many arts and what he did was he took the highest percentage out of all these arts, and he formulated it into his own system. So all the shit that didn't work or all the shit that, that didn't make a whole lot of sense, he just got rid of it. What's the point of teaching it? It's not a high percentage. All the stuff that's high percentage, he taught. Right, and he took elements from every martial art took elements from Shuto, took elements from all kinds of stuff. So in a nutshell, that's how that's how it's that's tried and true. He's trained the best of the best. Yeah, I mean,
2: sh- look at the, the world champs. I mean, I just saw, um, you know, my son is a, a big Brock Lesnar fan and when I was at the gym, I told Coach, can I take a picture of you? He was like, oh yeah! My son went crazy. Just the fact that there was a picture of Coach Paulson behind Brock's first championship. Oh yeah, yeah. So, unless I could accept it, uh, I mean, there's it's just the names that came from that. to kind of, dude, it's amazing. Lineage. It's just just you know, Guys that have walked through the door
3: that I've trained with in that gym, people are like, What? Yeah, the names that of you every I ask you about someone, you yeah. list the names I walk through, I was like, Wow. Yeah, I yes. mean, I
2: even know pro wrestler friends of mine that now have been you go train there. Yeah. Like, I see every now and then that some of them will post with Tanya and stuff. And sure, like, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, Tell yeah, 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 yeah. And they, you know, they're pro-wrestlers, but they still, it's catch. They do catch, train with the best. Yeah. So, I, was like, oh. yeah. So I got a question that's not but um but um, my opinion, and I think we would agree, um, this is to the crowd. We have a mixture of crowds, so we got some martial artists, some regular people, but in your professional eye as an expert when it comes now you've been in kiss wrestling you're a second I'm almost everything I'm an expert at <laughs> almost everything alright
3: let's give it into that <laughs> <So>. fighting life <laughs> dancing women whatever you got I'm good there we go <laughs>
1: We got it. we got another
2: podcast coming up. Podcast right? <laughs> uh, dating with Benjo. Yeah, no, oh, he's also invited. I'm we don't have it break to it now. down for you. <laughs> <laughs> he's married, by the way, Lesnar, So don't get any crazy ideas. Um, yeah, they're already, they're already mad at us because we all got taken. So, but anyway, in my opinion, of course, people ask. You know the rise of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Sure, I mean it's been there. Uh, nothing against it. I mean I do, but I did actually even wrestling when I started. And one of my coaches was named Coach Schneider. Used to call it American Jiu Jitsu, but it was catch. Sure. Yeah. We used to say catch people to scare the fuck out of it for some reason. Yeah. You, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. Your opinion, uh, my opinion, I believe catch is more dominant. And in my self defense curriculum, when it comes to the ground, I teach catch. Mm-hmm. Because I believe there's no holes barred in it. And when it comes to a self defense situation, be rounded. oh this is illegal or, this is you know what I'm trying to talk yeah, about yeah, yeah well you're talking about tournament jiu-jitsu and uh... yes but the jiu-jitsu itself has became tournament jiu-jitsu in all the schools right not what coach Eric teaches because coach I've been in his jiu-jitsu classes just all out sure like what is jiu-jitsu but I want to ask your opinion what is dominant in your
3: eye, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or catch wrestling Uh, I think they're very closely, closely related. I, I feel like the way that, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu has a philosophy of a very, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is a very patient art, right? Mm -hmm. Where they sort of, uh, they'll wait, they'll apply the submission, they'll wait for you to move, they'll apply it tighter and tighter and tighter. And there's, there's a lot of effectiveness to that. Right. And I love Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. Right patch wrestling is a very violent art. So for example, when I explain, but the holds are virtually the same, except for maybe we do a lot more uh, face cranks and, and, neck, and, and cranks, so. neck cranks and stuff like that. And we apply, we apply a little bit more pressure. I guess you call it pressure points to it of applying more of our wrist bones, more of our elbows uh, to joints and manipulation like that. And, um, I my best explanation is okay. catch wrestling is like jujitsu if it was just a lot more violent. So catch wrestling is just more violent. I think that both of them are super highly effective. They're they're so close that if I was to teach you both and didn't tell you there was a difference, you probably wouldn't know. Yes. The top pressure of catch wrestling I feel like is, is, is uh is much better. When it applies to street fighting. I think there's there's good stuff for both. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that if something was to happen in a self defense thing, I wouldn't want my back on the ground. Which in catch wrestling, you can lose a catch wrestling match by having by being pinned. Pinned on right. your back. Yes. Right. Yeah. So in catch wrestling, we don't play the guard. Right. In jitsu a guard is a very effective tool for that. Um, And it's a good tool to learn. Of course it is. have teaching your self-defense and all that happens. For fighting in a a controlled environment, you got to know both. Yes. Right? You can be the greatest catch wrestler in the world, but if you don't have a guard and work on a guard, you're going to get fucked up in that guard. You're going to get hit, or you might get pinned if you get a really good guy. But for a self-defense... Like I said, I feel there's 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 great elements to both, but I feel like the catch wrestling aspect is is um, is a lot better because the focus is being on top, applying pressure, crushing somebody yeah. underneath you, and completely controlling the body. That
2: goes. Remember what you told me was a week ago when you were training with Esteban and I took your side control. You're like, oh. yeah, uh, how you felt my weight exactly. So he had like two hundred and fifty,
1: like, yeah. and the guy um basically uh, partner up with is two fifty, right. so he's lighter than me. And Felash was up at like hundred eighty pounds, and I was like, holy fuck, you you feel heavier than
3: him? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Like I was crushed, and I felt really heavy.
3: If I got on top of you, you'd be like, what are you wearing? Four hundred pounds? And Eric got on top of you, and felt like a steamroller ran on. I felt like you know my
2: coach Derek. He always been great with his smashing, and that's one thing he taught because he had wrestling in him. Sure. He's more aggressive, and he's all—he loves catch also. So he always taught aggressive. He doesn't. He always says, "Fuck the gentle I don't do gentle I, I break shit," and all of that. But my pressure game elevated more when I trained also at, uh, uh, Ben because he just showed me some tweaks. And then that week
3: when I spent with you guys down there, like my pressure <coughs> game just kind of go. <coughs> I started. think everybody has their own way of applying either jujitsu or catch wrestling. Yes, right. And yeah. for some people. Our style just doesn't work. There's even guys in our gym who have been there for a while who still don't apply the, the pressure and the art of what we try to teach, but it doesn't mean that they're not effective catch wrestlers, right? It also means that a guy who's a very top-heavy, top-controlled person like myself can't be an effective <laughs> player off their back, right? Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's pluses and minuses the both are, right? It just depends on the scenario you're talking about and the type of style that you want, right? You might not have a top heavy style that might not be your shit, yeah. right? You might not really have a, a ton of, uh, of core control and hip pressure be doing that, and yeah. not really be able to crush a guy, even though you might be 300 pounds yeah. or 250 or whatever it is, it, that just, you just might not be able to register that that's the way to roll. So being more of a traditional Jiu Jitsu player might might be more beneficial to you. You might be super limber, Yeah. Right? For me, I'm not a real limber dude, right? So running a lot of stuff off the bottom don't doesn't work very good for me. So the catch stuff just works better for me. But and both are effective. Yeah. More. But that's the I don't shit other on any martial other art. Yeah. I don't shit on any style because like I said, I'm I'm an absorber of anything that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean like I said, I just wanted to go to a point when it comes to
2: ballistic situations like self-defense. I just believe in catch. It's not that I'm saying jujitsu work. I mean come mm-hmm. out, I'm a purple black jiu-jitsu, I computer in jiu-jitsu, I still practice jujitsu. Jiu-jitsu. right but there's certain situations i just don't in street get, situation yeah the street situation what i'm talking about, so let's, talk about is-
3: so let's talk about getting kicked in the head on the ground right yep yeah. let's say i'm on top and my face is down and i catch a soccer kick to the side of the head you're yeah. out yeah. it's gonna suck yep but now let's picture i'm on my back and some dude raises his foot up and stomps my head on the cement oh yeah now i got the cement behind me for me, I don't want either of that shit, mm-hmm. right? But I'm gonna take the soccer kick rather than I'm gonna take the stomp of the foot on top of my head, the gravity plan, and the concrete in the back of my skull, right? Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm gonna take that one instead, right? Because mm-hmm. right? I can't really have my face smashed on the ground because it pro- probably should be on top of another dude, mm-hmm. right? So, if you just look at it from that perspective, getting kicked in the side of the head is yeah. probably better than getting stomped in the face and having my head smashed into the concrete when there's nowhere mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. So, so like to I said, make he, it a super dramatic example of it, that would be my example. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I just worry about everybody. Yeah, that makes sense. Right?
2: Uh, ben is the second degree black belt in jiu
3: jitsu. So, you know, it's just good
2: to get his opinion and stuff as like everybody else. But I just have uh, my personal situation, issue is as a self-defense instructor, sports have a little bit polluted the word self-defense and jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, let's be honest with I, you. I can know. see that. Yeah, when I trained with you guys, because well, he does do jujitsu, but <laughs> there was nothing sportsy about what Coach Eric was doing.
3: Yeah. Well, for example, we, this, we used to have these guys come down, and they're awesome. They were the Canadian Special Forces guys, right? And when we first opened our... Not our are not our, our world training uh headquarters where we're at now. We had a gym before that. It was it was basically a fight gym. It was all the fighters, right? We didn't really have class. But these Canadian special forces guys used to come down and they're trained for fucking war. Yeah, yeah. So we would go on the ground and coach would coach would tell them, like, All right guys, go at it. And we would start on our knees. And one of the first times I high fived this dude and he poked me square in the eye with both fingers. <laughs> right? <laughs> right when we were we were like, high-fived, and he went, wow, and hit me right in the fucking <laughs> eye with both fingers, right? Here I am thinking, this is go what? for it. Yeah. I'm going to try to smith this guy and rest him on the ground. He hears go for it, and without... <laughs> He didn't do it. He really didn't do this shit on purpose, right? Yes. We became friends after. Yeah. He really didn't do shit on purpose. Yeah. He just high fived, and it, it was go time. And he went wow, and just did it naturally. And he immediately stopped and was like, "Oh shit, I'm so sorry." And I was like, "What the
0: fuck was that?" Right?
3: Uh-huh. I was a kid, you know. And he was like, "I'm so sorry, man. I just, I just instinctively did it. I apologize." He didn't do it again, but I was like. Even myself at that point, I was like, oh, these dudes are really trying to fuck you up right here, right? They're, 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 they're not here to, for, to get ready for a fight. Yeah. They're here to die, right?
2: That's I'm, the, like, I'm not here the to the die. Yeah, the, that, that's <laughs> what we talk about the mindset. Yeah. You know, it's, just, it's just different. But it's, like, you know, it's, it's always respect to everything. And
1: no, I think it's, it's my observation, not to get you off it on. It's your observation, like as an outsider. Uh, when I showed up and I started training, I think it's a mindset where people train for sport purposes. Only. Sure. They're the same thing, they're sport shooting and it's an amazing sport, and I'm not shitting on sports shooting, right. but it's a mindset I'm gonna go on a an competition and walk in a straight line and shoot targets popping as quickly as possible. But it doesn't prepare you for blood, it doesn't prepare yeah. you for proximity, yeah. and nobody's telling you when you put a gun to somebody's head and pull the trigger, you're gonna end up with a lot of fragments of the bones. Yeah. You don't get told these things at sport
3: competition. Sure. So these
1: guys might be amazing shooters, but they might freeze in a real life self when
3: you're at stress.
1: And the same thing yeah. with sports. sports. I feel like a lot of people who are very sport oriented mm-hmm. uh, either end up, I've seen fights. We mentioned somebody earlier sure. who showed up to a cage and she froze when she got hit, mm-hmm. or somebody shows up to a bar and they don't expect the guy to pull a knife. They're like, Cold the cow, uh, that's not part of my training. I don't know what to do now. Or nobody told me there's a gun involved. Right. And then they freeze because they don't
3: have the simple mindset that this is. You know, anything goes. Like yeah. people can die. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I would say that I've been in enough non MMA fights in my life, yeah. uh, street fights in my life. You know, I, shit. I worked at a bar, the same bar for 19 years. You know, I'm a general manager of a bar. It's very much. It, and when it comes time to kick people out, I'm the mm-hmm. one that does it, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say that there's a very much difference of how I attack somebody. I use the word attack, but you know, I go after somebody when it's time to get them out of the bar, as opposed to when I start sparring. When I start sparring, it's a very playful thing. I'm trying to figure people out. When I'm trying to exit somebody from a bar, or or there's a fight and I'm going into it, or I know the shit's about to go down, there's no feeling nobody out. I'm gonna jump on you before you have a chance to do anything. And I'm I'm gonna overwhelm you so bad. Now I can't do that with a dude that's trained (sighs) for fighting yeah. in a cage because I have to think about like, you know, conditioning, how long is this going to go? Am I going to be able to finish? This guy knows how to defend in a street situation or for me in like a bar situation, I'm overwhelming right from the beginning, right? Because I wanted to end it. I want to end it before it starts. Yeah. So it's a different mentality, right? You know, it's all based on the scenario you're in or what and it when I figure I feel like when you can determine what that is you know then you're probably then you're probably doing something right
1: no no exactly and I think you're 100% right we were in Westport the other day with uh, me and Liz yes and she joking because she tries to and she jokingly and she said well Homer you don't have uh, that much of cardio so what if a fight lasts three minutes I'll just shoot the guy yeah I don't have cardio ability I'm not gonna sit there for three minutes fighting a guy on the street like yeah. I don't I know myself I get wounded.
3: if I'm stream fighting
0: I'm if I'm stream, stream fighting I'm somebody stream for three minutes, minutes. I'm, shoot
3: them. I'm doing it wrong
0: I'm doing it wrong
3: oh no wrong, you can't uh, three, three, five, three, like, three minutes
1: I'm there, they're gonna end up either shot or they're gonna get stabbed I'm not right. gonna play for three minutes right. to continue because I know I'm gonna end up dead I don't right. have the ability to do that I know
3: myself when fatigue sets in yeah yeah. I'm like, no, that's so end conflict. it
1: Exactly. So let me ask you this about professional sports. You play obviously football, and uh, a lot of people assume that since you play a certain sport, translates easily mm-hmm. to combat sport. I and mean, in your case, yes, you did transition easily. Right. But do you think uh, there is a difference mindset? We're talking about mindset here between playing in a team. You're part of a team dieting, for example, for a football camp, sure. or even a bodybuilding competition, or even you know, powerlifting competition. Mm-hmm. Versus
3: you're cutting weight for a fight, or you're cut, you're showing up to a fight. Do you think there's difference? Uh, I think here's the thing. I think about athletes. I think when you come from a team sport, be it hockey, football, basketball, baseball. I think when you grow up playing sports, your ability to absorb information is faster than somebody who hasn't done that their whole life. So I feel like their learning curve is, uh, much greater. Somebody that hasn't really done that and sort of jumps in MMA that really has, or fighting or whatever martial art that doesn't come from that, uh, at an older age, I feel like they struggle with that because, uh, they have trouble learning in a, in a, in a stressful situation, right? A sports stressful situation. So, I definitely feel like that is uh, a a huge factor. Doesn't mean they can't do it, doesn't mean there's not people out there that have done it. I just feel like the odds of you being able to uh, be coachable and uh, be willing to learn from somebody and having experience learning uh, stuff stuff new from people is, is a lot better. Right, like I said, I don't think it's I don't think it's a necess- necessity, but I think it does help. Now, when you're talking about cutting weight and discipline, 100. percent. Right, you get somebody who's never done anything in their life, and they learn martial arts, and then they take an amateur fight, and then they walk into a sauna to Kuwait for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you and you try to get the discipline that it takes to to do that. I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now that I cut. I can cut 22 pounds in four and a half hours, right? That was my record of when I, well, the first time I made 185s. I can tell you right now that if I took the normal person and go made them cut eight pounds in a sauna right now, they'd quit. I hate you, by the way, just right now about that. Because <laughs> it's it just, hard. 20-some pounds for me just takes so It's long. a mindset, right? Mm-hmm. It's a mindset of what I'm willing to put myself through to mm-hmm. get to where I want to be. Yeah. And it's not just me. I'm using myself as an example. I mean, before. that's my best example, right? Obviously, there's tons of people yeah. out there that do it. But it just... There's, there's a discipline to it, especially when you're talking about weight cutting or dieting, there's a discipline to it, yeah, right? There's a thing that you just can't cheat. I got fighters that cheat on my fight team right now with their diet, right? And they fucking lie to me. And I know they're lying to me, right? I know they're lying to me and they're like, no coach, I didn't, I did ate what you told me to do. No, you didn't, you fat fuck, I can tell, right? And I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I can tell. That I do that so. shit. My coach chills out now. The
1: reason it. I'm asking you, because uh, obviously, with the growth of MMA mm-hmm. in general, there's more fighters entering the arena. Sure. And there's a lot of personal training out there. Yeah. And I have a lot of friends who I have highly respectful friends who are IBB pros, who are professional bodybuilders, mm-hmm. who say, you know what? I have a professional bodybuilder. I can show up to 5% body fat. On stage, let, that means I'm qualified
2: to... Show up to a fight and instruct the person on how to get weight. Now, my argument, my
1: personal argument, and I had that just today actually, they're wrong. They're wrong. I say because you, I've seen your kind of weight, my sure. girlfriend completes a bodybuilding, sure. the week before you take time off work and you lay in bed all day looking at the ceiling. Sure. I can't exactly, even for a test, a rank test, take time off work and not train. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be performing for five hours and not showing up on like mosquitoes sure. for five minutes. So it's not, it's about performance versus looking good. Mm-hmm. So that's not, in my and it doesn't translate.
3: It doesn't. I I mean I don't think I'm I don't think I'm letting the cat out of the bag with this one, but when bodybuilders get on stage, from my knowledge and I don't have a ton of experience with this, but I mean, you'd be a better test of this. When they get on stage, they're at their unhealthiest and weakest point probably, right? right? Because they've sucked all the water out of their body, They've sucked all the water out of their subcutaneous water out of their skin, right? So they've sat in these baths, these alcohol baths that are sucking the water out. Yeah. They're at their unhealthiest. There's no way that a fighter can go into a fight at that point and expect to compete. I did cut a shit ton of water, but I did have the opportunity to rehydrate through IVs, which are now illegal. But I, at the time I was fighting, IVs were fine, right? IVs and a 24-hour rehydration process, right? I didn't give a shit how I went in that cage looking. I don't want to be ripped. My My goal was not to look good, my good my goal was to fight good. Yeah. Right? So being qualified, they are qualified to diet and cut weight for bodybuilding. Not performance. For not for fighting or for performance. Right? Just like I might be great at training all, all day. I train six hours a day. I'm not qualified to train a bodybuilder. I'm not qualified to tell them how to lift weights. If I told them, like, I've been training my whole life. I've been lifting weights and playing sports my whole life. I've been a professional athlete for over 20 years of my life. I can tell you how to win a bodybuilding contest. They'd be like, exactly. shut your mouth. No, exactly. and I think, I think a lot of people think because you're... Experts in such discipline, sure. such as bodybuilding, you
1: can easily translate it. And there's, there's more popping off, I'm sure you've seen from Instagram, of online trainers and, and online or people, personal trainers, and people writing you nail plans. But they're doing it for bodybuilding reasons. Mm-hmm. They're telling you how to cut weight. Right. And I've seen some of these plans because I've used some of these services. Sure. And I look at the coaching, like, okay, yeah, you're great. You make me show up on stage looking good. I look fantastic. But the supplements you're making me take, and the caffeine you're making me take, mm-hmm. and the diet you're making me take, I can't even last in a warm-up. Yeah. I can't even show up. So You'll die. I will die. Yeah. I show up to warm-up and I'm sweating. Yeah. I, I do so much caffeine beforehand, so much fat burners, and I'm not eating carbs. I'm like, that. that's not working for me. Right. So let alone a professional fighter,
3: oh, they, how are you going to tell them to do this? And they show up to their fight looking shredded right. and not be able to perform. Uh, Well, I'm not going to take my car to a car racing contest and have a guy that does auto detailing. Teach me how to win that race or teach me what to put in parts. He might wash my car really yeah. good, right? I like that. that is, but he don't know yeah. shit about the type of yeah. fuel, the type of engine, right? I'm going to go to a fucking mechanic. And maybe that thing's dirty as shit when I pull it up to the line, but I think he's going to haul ass. And trust me, I don't know shit about racing cars. I don't know shit about cars, period. Right? But I know the example of.
0: No, that's a great You know no. what I mean? I'm going to steal that in oh, Okay, right. right. You can
3: have that.
2: Yeah.
0: But it's well, on record it's that I said it Right.
3: <laughs> Should
1: they fight? If somebody like have no experience whatsoever, they're like, you know what? I've seen the UFC, looks amazing. I want to do this. I should don't they? need his
2: professional on this. That right. guy's an idiot. Sure. Somebody, like, so, you somebody fight, they, I, hold I, on. on. Sorry, I'm jumping in. So they ask like, with no
1: training, just go. like, I've never trained in my life. Never done anything related to MMA or anything related. But I've seen the UFC. Looks cool. I would like to do it. When should I start? And how can I start? Oh, that's different anyway if they're asking if they should go to a
3: school absolutely man like learning learning self defense or learning something new be you want to learn to fucking play tennis dude go out take some tennis lessons oh that's different right but jumping into a fight here's my advice go for it try it right but I can promise you it's not going to be what you think it's going to be, right? So, so um, every guy that – here's here's the bad thing about fighting, right? Here's the worst thing about fighting is everybody that's ever thrown a punch or been in one street fight thinks they know what the fuck they're talking about. Oh, yeah. Right? Right? I have to – work. you know, I work in a bar, right? And I'm, you know, a coach and a professional fighter. Not a lot of people – a lot of people come to my bar know it, but not everybody that walks in there. But I have to hear these opinions when the fights are on TV. Oh, oh love, man. And, you know. Remember I, told you I can't go to fight. All my fighters, all my fighters, fighters work in my bar, yeah. right? I so my bar is loaded yeah. with, with dudes, right? And we listen to this across the bar like... <sighs> You see two guys on the ground and be like, come on, pussy, just get up. Stand yeah, just up. get up. Get yeah. up. We what about. we joke about, we joke about, like, I just want to go over to that guy and take him down and lay on top of him. Yeah. And then just whisper in his ear, just get up. <laughs> just stand up. Just stand up. What's wrong with you? Yeah. It, 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 it ain't the same thing. I you know, know what I mean? It's, it's different. Like, I'm not going to throw you a football and tell you to go play quarterback for the Patriots. Right? Yeah. Guess what's exactly. gonna happen? You're gonna get fucking murdered. You're gonna see these fucking dudes bearing down on you, down on you that run faster than the wind, and they block the sun. And you're gonna be like, I can't fucking do that. I can't throw the ball. They can't throw that, a punch either, dude.
2: Yeah. You know what he said? The thing that people forget, and it infuriates me. These are athletes. These are one of the top of the world athletes. Like you just said, the fight game is different now. This is becoming science almost, the way the things evolve. And I literally, and I- I'm in the UFC. Do an amateur fight. Yeah just go to an
0: amateur fight. put shin guards on, put a yeah, little bit of gloves, and see
3: how it feels. See how that happens, right? You might not be able to you might be able to throw a punch, but have you ever taken a punch? That's the thing, which translates into what we talked about during the seminar today, being able to absorb punishment. That's part of this game. So so my follow-up question is,
1: how should a person
3: uh, related to the last question. Sure. But this person,
1: should they, I think what they're trying to ask mm-hmm. is, should they show up to a school, learn MMA, learn jiu-jitsu, learn boxing, learn whatever, right. and say, or should they
3: show up with a mentality, I'm learning this so I can fight in a cage? Whatever gets them in the door is why they should get in there. Okay. Right. You have to have a passion behind you, and you have to have a reason why you're going to do something. Look, if you watch it and you're like, man, I think I can do that. That is a awesome mindset to start this thing with. Because what it's gonna do, it's gonna make you come again. Because your first day, or your first week, or your first month, or your first six months, you're probably not gonna like it, No, Because right? oh, yeah. it's hard, yes. right? It's not, it's fighting. It's not chess, it's not checkers, it's not fun. You're not accidentally gonna win, you're gonna get fucked up. But the passion will keep bringing you back in that door, and then you'll get good. Before you get good, you're gonna get tough. Right? You gotta get tough before you get good.
2: Okay. I say it in the curriculum that I hand my students like a list of what's gonna happen to them. It's gonna suck. You're gonna hate it. Right. Just don't quit. Yeah. Then it's like you're gonna get your ass beat. You'll be nice, you cry, you'll be sorry. But, but there'll be a time all this is gonna change. Yeah. Remember when you just stick to it. It's not easy. It's just, it's just
1: not Nobody
3: starts as the hammer. Everybody Never. starts as the nail. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs>
1: but let me ask you this is it, is it the same analogy when it comes to fighting? If you're coaching a fighter mm-hmm. and they show up to first fight, second fight, third fight, and by the seventh fight, they're getting assaulted at this point, mm-hmm. are you going to look at them and say, you know what? Just keep going? Or you're gonna be like, pull out of fights and let's let's work on your game before you get back to the ring.
3: I don't think it would take me that long for to, for me to sit down with them and reevaluate what they're doing because it might be my fault, right? If they're losing that many fights at that time and that in that span, whatever that span is, who knows how long? let three years. Let's say three years, you lose seven fights and it's seven fights in a row and you're having no success and you're training consistently. That might be my fault. Maybe yeah. I'm doing something right or, me- or wrong, and or maybe you and I just aren't meshing. I was right? Gonna say, maybe th- maybe you should go to somebody else. And I'm not I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to somebody that uh, wants to go train with somebody else and, and maybe see if they have a, maybe a better bond or, or they have a, a different way of learning from somebody else. Or maybe my style doesn't apply to you, and I'm okay with that. Like I'm not selfish. If you go for me, you're gonna lose. Well, dude, they're fucking losing with you anyways. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, and, and or it could be you. Maybe you're just not evolving, right? Maybe you're not listening or you're not evolving or maybe you're coming to train once a day when I'm telling you you got to do strength training, you got to run, you got to diet. You're not in the right weight class, right? You're not disciplined. You're not putting the effort in and practice. You're not trying to get better. So, it could be a ton of it could be a ton of shit. You know what I mean? It's there it's hard to say on a, on a basis but that would be my that would be probably where I would lean can I ask you a personal question does your
1: fight uh, wife I'm sorry does any MMA or fighting no, no. if she wanted to start would you coach her no why not
3: uh, <laughs> the where this is going. Yes. I just feel like there has to be a little bit of a separation uh-huh. uh, between my personal life and now. My wife is very involved. My wife is unbelievably supportive, right? But I need my own time, right? Training and fighting is sort of my release of tension, not that she causes me very much tension. She doesn't at all. She's absolutely probably the most supportive person I've ever been around in my life. But this is my thing, right? It's the reason I never dated a a chick I fought. It's the reason I never dated anybody from the gym. Right? It's not because I was told you can't date anybody from the gym. I could have dated people from the gym. There's been plenty of attractive women that have come into my gym that I that I could have dated or went after or yeah. pursued. I chose not to do that. Why? Because I want them to have their own thing and I have my own thing. And we come together and we enjoy our time together. If, you, if I was a date a fighter, right? Or coach a fighter, that's all we talk about. For me, As soon as I'm done with that gym, like I go home, I watch the dumbest shows you probably ever talk about. Like, I'm addicted to Jersey Shore and the challenge on MTV. (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) <laughs> because it don't have shit to do with fighting. Yeah, yeah. Right? And when I get away, I just want to watch. I've watched the movie Sing with my boys, my kids, probably 300 times, right? Yeah. I like that shit. It don't have anything to do with fighting, and it gets my mind off what what I'm Man, completely surrounded by. He
2: is so on point. Like, I literally, when I go home, I don't want to talk about anything related to what I'm teaching. That's why I don't it tell is. anybody
3: the bar I fight,
2: yeah. right? Because
3: that's all they're going to fucking talk to me about, yeah. right? Yeah. Just, just tell me your problem. Problems. Let me solve your fucking yeah. problems, right? And I, think, I think from my personal experience teaching guns, it's really
1: hard for me to teach a woman I'm dating something yeah, because she doesn't listen and have that same level of listening as a student who's paying me money to of the glass. Maybe, yeah. Uh, a lot of times they're not. They're like, oh, let me, I know on a personal level. They're not paying attention as closely and I'm more lenient towards right. the woman I'm like, and at the end of the day, I have to go sleep with her. So like if I'm dating
0: the chick. Mm. So I'm like, oh you know what? I'm a student that might yell at her and be
1: like, get the fuck out of my class, you're fucking up too much. But a woman I'm dating, I can't do that with. So I'm but like, you know what? Uh, you're right.
3: Like when you're when you're with a woman, whether it's your wife or girlfriend or whoever, right? It's a relationship. Right? It's a it's a cohesive relationship by both of you. A fighter and a coach. It's not a relationship. It's you fucking listen to me and you do what the fuck I say, or go to Johnny Come Lately down the street, right? That's to put it bluntly and to put it like, I'm not trying to be a tough guy, but if my guys don't listen to me and they don't do what I say, There's no point in us having this relationship anymore. Yeah. Right. This is this is how we do it here. This is how I want it done. Right. If you do it how I want it done, then we can grow Mm -hmm. and we can keep going. Doesn't mean you can't tell me your opinion, but at the end of the day, I don't really give a fuck. Right. Because we're gonna do it. We're gonna train you how I think I should train you, not how you think you should be trained.
0: Uh, Right. Train yourself. Because otherwise, you'd be the head
3: coach. Right, like I've earned my stripes at this, but in a relationship, you can't be like that, man. You can't, you can't have it one sided. It's got to be if um, if you want it to be successful, you got it's got to be you know a partnership. Exactly.
1: What's the worst part of, about that?
3: Man? Uh the promoters. Promoters. The yeah. I, yeah. I thought the fans. I thought, yeah, I thought you the fans. I've say that Nah, thing. man, I love the fans. fans.
1: No, 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 yeah, the she, know, it, not all. No, 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 the shitty fans online who never. It's like, it's, didn't those those ones I, I,
3: I despise. Whether they're haters or lovers, man, they still they're still giving you attention, right? Well, yeah. You know how many videos I post that, that have been posted about me on YouTube, or people tell me that shit don't work. I
2: know, I know, I know. I've seen up. it. I've seen. Guess it. Guess
3: what? Those same fucking dudes might just walk into that gym mm-hmm. just to test it out, and the first time I grabbed their neck and put the badger bite on them, right? And they and they said, "I just stand up out of it." Stand up now, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Right? It, 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 it gives me credibility, mm-hmm. right? Or the first time somebody does something that I show them, it gives me credibility, mm-hmm. right? Now, of course, yeah, people can be assholes about it. Like, oh, you suck. But I, to be honest with you, I don't really give a fuck about none of that. Why? Because you don't mean shit to me. Now, if Eric Paulson or Pat Militich or yeah, Jackson, that like uh, any fellow uh, that I respected, if they were like, fearful of shit, that might get to me, yeah. right? Because those are people that I consider, you know, like, uh, what's the word I'm searching for? Uh, we're We're doing the same thing. Right, and yeah. they're 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 highly skilled at what they do. They're and they're, yeah, know. their yeah. their opinion means something to me. It's worth the shit to me. But if Joe shit the ragman from down the street tells me, "Ah, oh, you'd never hit me with that." I'd be like, oh, "What the fuck you talking?" <laughs> about?
2: Yeah, you know, and he's right that that. I, I never had a critic coming from any of my mentors or idols or another martial artist. It's all some dipshit mouth breather online, so yeah, and that's care, what I call him
3: So why? Look, you can't control what other people think. You can't control what other people do. So why would I spend one second of worry on it? And I yeah. used to. I used to. When I was fighting, uh, really consistently when I was fighting, I used to worry about how many tickets I was getting to sell fights. And I would sell, sell a shit ton. I'd sell like 250, 350 tickets to a fight, right? Like a ton for local, Ooh. right? Which is why I fought so much locally. And, and and I was always put on the cards. But I would get stressed about it. I talked to a sports psychologist, and he said something. He actually said something to me really important one day. It sort of broke me down as a, as a, as a man and as an athlete, and it was, You're trying to control stuff that you have no ability to control. You're trying to control other people's thoughts, other people's uh, philosophies, other people's, the way that they think and and their opinions. He's like, you can't do that shit. Yeah. Don't fucking worry about it, man. He goes, control what you think, control what you do every day. Not what you want to, you want to worry about what your opponent's doing. Why does it matter? Worry about what you're going to do today. Control what you're going to do. Put a hundred percent of your focus on yourself and you will be successful. And no shit. I went on like a six fight win streak, won two titles when that dude said that to me after that, it just like opened my mind. To it right, but back to your original question. The worst thing about MMA is these fucking promoters. Why? Because they don't give a shit about the fighters. That's very true, right? So I had had boycotted UFC for a bit. I had 18 uh, 18 fights between Muay Thai and MMA. I have five videos of all my fights. Now I handed these promoters thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in ticket sales. Right? I was a multi multi time champion for one show. The guy I was a multi-time champion for his show, I don't have one fight from his thing. There's a video it? on YouTube, Yeah, that's what he told me, he goes, I don't have the footage. But after he told me that, he put a commercial out promoting his show, and most of it is me fighting and knocking dudes out. That is shit. Right, yeah. So why wouldn't they give you the video? It's like it's free, like it doesn't cost them much. That's, they, cause they don't give a fuck, right? Once, once you're done fighting for them, or even if you are fighting for them, they don't give a shit about you. They don't care, right? The fact that fighters have to sell their own tickets to fights, like we ain't doing enough already. Like we're not already training for fights. Like we're not already losing a shit ton of money when paying for medicals. Like in California, our medicals are almost a thousand bucks a year, right? People don't know that shit, right? the fighters all over the all over the United States, our medicals are expensive, especially professionals. Huh? These promoters they don't give a shit about why they never fought. They don't know, right? They're, they're, they're trying to get, they're trying to get as much out of you as they can and make yep. money off your back, right? And it's like that for every sport, right? Mm-hmm. You might catch the occasional owner of an NFL football team or a basketball team that really cares about their athletes. yeah. Not only pays them properly, but takes care of them, excuse me, properly. It's the promoters, man. Oh They're fucking scumbags. Every one of you. Just
0: so you know. <laughs> he put on my notes right now. The you're badger a good it.
3: promoter, if you're listening to this, you're a piece of shit. I already know you are. I don't got to know you to know you're a piece of shit. You heard in the two hours of the podcast. The badger called them out. Yeah.
2: So I got a question for you. Um The nickname badger.
3: Yeah. How did that come about? So my nickname original was given to me by Josh Barnett and it was Blitzkrieg. Right, It's a German word, something about war Where the center of a war, like it comes together And then it just explodes into this huge thing Because that's sort of the way I thought. I was a very explosive fighter, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, There was a film crew that came in I don't remember if they were from the USC Or from uh, Japan Or where where they were, Strike Force or something But they they were filming all these heavyweights in their cage There was all these really, really big heavyweights In the cage, and I was a middleweight but I would be their sparring partners like for example I was Josh's main sparring partner for 15 years 14 years or something like that wow so coach go there was like there was like five of them in the cage or something and they were odd so coach goes Ben go in the cage and spar with them right so I went in the cage and I went in there and I just I wasn't taking shit from anybody I was you know going after them just as they were going after me and we were going at it and it was like and one of the guys in the camera crew the, all the all the other guys the, I guess you'd call them the littler guys were outside with coach and the somebody and one of the guys in the camera group goes who's that little badger in there with all those grizzly bears <laughs> he's just going after him, and they were like oh shit he is a badger he even looks like one right yeah. and they just stuck when and I was called a Creek badger for a long time yeah right and then i oh, I couldn't even ex- I couldn't even do it today. Explain to you what really Blitz Creek mm-hmm. man. Plus it's German. I'm not even German. I'm Scotch Irish. Yeah. And then they were like, finally I just shortened to the Badger. It made sense. when I had a logo, you know, coming out for all my all my shirts and you know logos for my shorts and whatever yeah. not. And it just it stuck man. And people just started calling me a Badger. It made sense. If you ever come train with me or watch me train Go or roll with me, it makes sense. Like, oh this dude's a Badger yeah, man. Yeah. Like he's just tenacious. He's mean as shit. You know. That, that's just the way I'm. I'm not that way in my personal life really, but. You know, a little bit, you know. <laughs> now, it's funny. When I first met a Badger,
2: my, he never, I, I never held it, but it, he used to, my coach, my wrestling and uh, my actual grappling. I mean, you guys seen him Schneider comes in at my gym, my old coach, he's a big bearded guy. He had uh, suffered with a stroke. But one day I went in and I was just like going at it. And he was like, he's just like a fucking honey badger. You just don't need to calm down. Like, I, I didn't even know anything about that animal. Yeah. So one day. The well, honey watched, badger and the badger's different. He, yeah. So that's what he called. Way worse. Yeah, yeah. Honeyback. So I just, he never <laughs> stuck and I heard it. Then when I met you, I was like, okay. So they call him the badger.
0: Yeah. What
2: is with this badger? Then I started go.
3: I'm like, hmm. All
2: right. Well that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it just
3: sounds like mean and snarling, like I just fight anything besides yeah, yeah, and I just I mean you there's if plenty smart, of videos of a sorry. badger going after a grizzly bear, you know? and that's snarling. the guy to say he goes, Who the hell is that little badger there yeah. all those grizzly bears? And <laughs> one of the guys on the team goes, Holy shit, that is what he is. And mm-hmm. it just it sucked from that point on. Yeah. You know that when you have a nickname, you can't give yourself a nickname. No. Like none of the guys on my fight team give themselves a nickname. Yeah. And to be honest with you, most of them are very unflattering. Right? But there's something funny about it or something that makes it more personal. Yeah. You know, so it's uh a... I got stuck with it, but shit, I love it, man. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, it's become a thing, I guess. Uh, I got one thing to
2: just say before we wrap this up because I just remembered. So one of the questions I had, and I know you always said, and you know, we're Castle City. So you've come in here now a few times, and you always say I love it. So what do you like about this town, and how surprised were you when you first came here? The barbecue, man.
3: <laughs> well, that's a given. Come no, on, you we got guys, more than that. I do. You do, You guys do. You know, I I spent some time in the Midwest. I went to a, a small school and, and uh i had a scholar football scholarship to small school in the mm-hmm. southeast corner of iowa and then in uh for my arena days I, I played in lincoln nebraska so i had some midwest experience right about five years five years or so and uh i want to say that it was the best i i, I really enjoyed my time in nebraska the, in lincoln i thought lincoln was really cool i liked it but granted i was only out there for a very short time of the year um Iowa, I had to live year round. Um, I wouldn't say I had great guys I played football with and great coaches, one of my most memorable coaches was a guy named Rick Mormon from there, it means a lot to me. I wouldn't say that I loved Iowa, other than the guys and my <laughs> coaches. I would say that, loves yeah,
0: that
3: Yeah, it wasn't something that like really reached out and grasped. There, it, you know, I came from California, being in California my whole life, and you talk about culture shock. I mean, just the fact that humidity was like a thing to me, and then this new white stuff on the ground called snow, right? That was like this. It should is cold. Man, <laughs> like, I had so, a jacket, I had yeah. a couple sweatshirts, yeah. right? But. Uh, you know, I've I've had the opportunity through football and fighting to travel all over the US. Mm-hmm. There's only there's only maybe less than a handful of states I haven't been to. Um, and you know, I every time I go somewhere I like to like go check it out. I sort of like to see yeah. what the vibe is. I go out to eat, I go grab a beer at a bar here and there, you know. Just check it out. And uh I just really like Kansas City, man. Like the people just seem super cool, mm-hmm. right? I've had the opportunity to come to your gym. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I have been friends. Yep. And you've been super welcoming to me, right? And uh, I mean, most of the time, I try to go to uh, or to do my seminars twice a year in in the same school. That's kind of the kind of the the thing we try to do. Um, but I, I do look forward to coming back here, especially when you go to a gym that reminds me of my gym, Mm -hmm. right? And not so much the physical makeup of it, but the personalities that you have there, and the and the, and the atmosphere, I can walk into a gym, and after about five or ten minutes of teaching, can I can pick up. I can tell you the vibe that's yeah. in that gym. I can tell you if they're responsive, right? You know, my my seminars are not super uh, stiff, where I'm not like making fun of myself, or you know, being uh, trying to trying to have a connection with the people, mm-hmm. right? Instead of just being like, you will do this like a fucking robot, like yeah. you won't learn from that. But if I'm personable with you, and I you know I'm, I'm making fun and I'm. Make you want to learn because you're like, dude, this guy's like me a little bit, right? You know, then uh, it ju- it just it just makes it better. So your gym has a fucking awesome vibe. Appreciate the people it. People are so cool. You know what I mean? Like they're always super welcoming to me. Afterwards, they want to take pictures. They want they come talk to me about like like wait today I had like three people come talk to me just about their back issues because mm-hmm. I happen to mention in the in the in the in the seminar yeah, that I said. had a bad back, you mm-hmm. know, at times, and just that kind of like personal relationship endears me, mm. right? Not to mention, I love the city. You know, I, I'm, I'm from Southern California in the LA, Orange County area. I hate LA, right? That's not a place, that's not a downtown I want to go to. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be, I couldn't be further away from wanting to be there but I go to this downtown and there's just a different vibe. Like there's like that Midwest vibe, but you still get that downtown city thing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Obviously the food is out of this world. Like I love it. And then, uh, you know, to, not to blow your own home, but you're always like, take really good care of me when I come here. So I know when I come there, I'm not just going to a gym, I'm going to hang out with one of my boys. Yeah. And that's what it feels like, you know what I mean? And I just get I just get to do something I really enjoy, which is teach, teaching fighting or grappling or whatever it is. So I sort of get the best of both worlds. I get some good grub. Oh, yeah. and, food is important. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think uh, Kansas City offers a pretty unique food experience. There's a lot of food diversity. There's amazing barbecues, but a lot of ethnic restaurants it's a small city not as big as LA obviously but it's it has a lot to offer and it's expanding day every single day so uh, we're really glad that you like Kansas City and you come here often because your seminars are awesome and uh, we'd love having you on the show so we we look forward to having you again in Kansas City hopefully in a couple months for another podcast and uh, another great seminar but I wish you uh, safe travels back to LA and thank you again for being in Kansas City and guys thank you so much for tuning in two weeks in a row to listen to our interview with Mr. Ben Jones. Uh, He's a great guy to be around and an awesome uh, amount of information in this podcast. We hope that you tune in next week for a different
0: topic. Stay tuned, guys. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our sponsors. authority no bullshit, high-quality supplement. Warrior culture gear, custom-designed and hand-printed apparel. Made by and for the modern warrior. Modern warrior Fuel, Kansas City's best pre-made healthy meal delivery plan. Feed the warrior in you.